Hi, I'm Cora Staunton. Welcome to the Stronger with Sport podcast. On today's podcast, we have Mead's ladies footballer, Vicky Wall. Welcome, Vicky. Just a snippet of a couple of things. Vicky has won in 2021 um, to set the scene of uh, what an amazing year it's been for her. Um, won All-Ireland uh, Senior Football Championship, player of the match in that All-Ireland, her first ladies All-Star, senior ladies player of the, player of the year, Division 2 um, League, um, a Division 2 Team of the League, a county final uh, winner with Dunboyne um, and also player of the match in that final and a nominee for the RT Sports Person of the Year and a nominee for the RT Team of the Year. That's some 2021. Uh, Vicky, can you sum that up for us? Yeah, um, it was definitely a, a good 2021. I think probably um, I haven't really probably looked back on it too much at the moment. But um, yeah, I know like there was, there was a lot of time after the All-Ireland where I suppose we we were busy for for the weeks after that, but um, yeah, no, it was it was really enjoyable and it was it was great to experience it with like Dum as you said, Dunboyne and then Mead as well. Yeah, so we'll come back to obviously that um, famous All Ireland win against the Dubs um, last year, but we'll probably go back to the start and I suppose look at where it all began from you from a young age. Um, I suppose how did you get involved in sport first? Um, was it always Gaelic football and um, where did it all start um, all the all those years ago? Um, yeah, we probably would have been involved in a lot of different sports growing up. Um, I was more so soccer. I used to always go with my dad. Um, that was kind of our thing. And Sarah, my younger sister, started playing with our local club, Dunboyne. Um, and I kind of didn't really have much of an interest in it to start. Um, then there was a day one of our soccer games was cancelled. So I just said I'd go up and play the game. And I think I bounced the ball three or four times throughout the game and kind of got called for various rules that I didn't understand. But that was probably when I was 10 or 11. Um, and then just completely fell in love with it and just probably a few years down the line ended up giving up soccer to actually play Gaelic, yeah. And, and soccer growing up, um, had you a, a team? You know, I, I know myself, I'm a Manchester United supporter and growing up I always thought, you know, when I'm asked by kids at school, what did you want to do when you gr grow up? I wanted to play for Man United, that was my dream yeah. to be a sports person and play for them, but obviously that was never going to be reality <laughs> in, back in my time. But was that like what team did you support when you yeah. brought up? Or? Yeah, was, we, dad is big Chelsea fan, so we were as well. I remember just sitting there and trying to like with my little match attacks cards, like and everything, trying to impress dad, saying like listing the whole team of like Drogba and like Lessie and everything. I was just like whipping out these little random facts that I didn't really have much of an idea about. But um, yeah, no, it was I, I was always Chelsea, and I probably wasn't really female sports growing up. It was kind of like like I said, like the men's team and stuff like that would probably have been where like you kind of look and you think like you want to play professional sport and everything like that. Yeah, and I suppose if you go back to Dunboyne, um, you know, I know for me and, you know, I've spoken passionately about Cardiff Cunningham and the importance of, of club football and, um, you know, where that brings you, you know, we, we always hear the, the cliche, it's, wh it's where you start and ultimately it's where yeah. you finish your career. I suppose talk about um, growing up playing with Dun Dunboyne and, and then, you know, obviously progression onto Mead and the underage teams in Mead, um, how all that kind of came about. Yeah, um, I suppose Dunboyne now, like, and the size of the, po like the population and everything like that, and even teams, like, I think we have three adult ladies teams at the moment, and, you know, like, to be fielded and playing games and stuff like that, like, is, is huge for the club, because in 2014, like, we kind of disbanded, and a few of the girls went and played for different clubs, because we just didn't have a ladies team, and then kind of came back, and, like, we started at junior again, so we won junior All-Ireland, intermediate All-Ireland, and last year, like, won the Leinster against Fox Cab, so... It was like it was definitely a building process, but like for for me, then like I would have been playing with the, the like the under twelve panel and stuff like that from from probably eleven or twelve with, with me. The, um, like I remember, like you know, you're training all year. We used to go up and play blitz in Carlow, and that was like you're training for all year. And like we'd sitting on the bus and you're waiting to see like whether you're going to be on the green team or the yellow team, and basically the A or B team, and you're kind of sitting there and they announced the captain on the way up and like I would have played under 12, 14, 16s minor all the way up and there's probably only four or five of us that are actually still involved with the senior team now that probably I would have played with all the way up so yeah it's something that like kind of I suppose is second nature and kind of it's not even something I would question like even that step up from minor to senior I think the year that I did a lot of girls kind of stepped away that we were minor because we were doing terribly like so Nobody had much interest in it, but it was something that I just never even questioned. It was just like the natural progression and like, why wouldn't you want to be playing like senior county football for your, for me? Like, so it was, it was a bit of a strange time going from minor to senior and having that kind of different people having a very different outlook on like what football was in Meath. Yeah, um, and I, I think that's, you know, it's been well talked about in, in, in the last kind of 
since he won the All Ireland, you know, Mead ladies, where they've came from to, to where they they were. Um, you know, we, the, I know you've talked a lot about 2015 and when you played Cork, mm. um, in one of your championship games, and I think it was a 40, 40 point defeat. Yeah. Um, I think that that alone um, for Mead ladies to come within, I think it's seven years to go from a, a 40 point defeat to Cork to where he came to and ultimately winning the All Ireland um, last September. Um, what was Mead ladies football like in, in that, that period of time? You know, it, it was easy, it could have been easy to say, you know, I'm going to step away, I'm going to concentrate, go back to soccer or, or do something different, which I'm sure a lot of girls did. Yeah, um, and I think it's something we're conscious of. I, I know we've probably, a lot of us have spoken about that court game and you know, like obviously it's there as motivation and kind of something you do look back on as like a stepping stone of like how far we have come. But like there was defeats that stand out probably even more for me than that court game of like a relegation game against Sligo for Division 2 and like games that I suppose like like actually like haunt me I think like of just just kind of not not even the losses just the fact of like how we were like representing me and how we were kind of going out like as in like there was girls coming to training and coming to matches that like getting started that hadn't hadn't been training because we were actually so desperate just to have players and like like for me personally like as in that's just like it's it's something like I'm so against like as in just like I can't not do something 100% so like it was such a it was kind of a moral dilemma of like obviously wanting to play for me than wanting to to be achieving things but like it was going so badly that like it almost hurt to kind of admit to yourself like you said that like like there is a prospect of like do I actually want to be here like do I actually want to be playing that which like for me was a very strange thought process because like I said it was just something that I never would have second guessed playing for me than like I was probably I was 16 when I first went into the team and dad would have been driving me to all the games but like it was literally like driving home from every single game and just like crying and about how bad everything was going and you know you're losing and it's just like it was just terrible times um so to then flip to like I think there was a there is a core group of us that went through those times and those terrible days of like like just really not representing ourselves well or me well so that I think we have a balance now of people that have been through that and can acknowledge it, but also like there's younger girls that have come up that are just winning is just ingrained in them. So it's kind of like that nice balance of like, they're not used to losing. We weren't used to winning. So then when they kind of came up, like it just kind of mixed well. And I think management like played such, such a pivotal part in it obviously, but you kind of have that balance of being able to reflect on it, but also not dwell on it too much. And I suppose now looking back, and I know it's probably hard to reflect, you know, I know when I'm asked questions and I don't think you, you really reflect till your career is done. But if you were to try and reflect, you know, um, and look at, you know, I suppose the number of years where, you know, things were bad, um, as you said, wh whether it was being beaten by Cork or, or losing to Sligo, whatever it might be. In that, in that period, if you can now put your finger on it, what has changed? Is it mindset of them players or is it management? Is it just a combination of them all or is it, is it you know is it a, a little bit of oh we've been lucky in times or what it is because in that period of time he also lost two intermediate finals I know you were then getting to finals but that could be another blow um, in, in 18 and 19 to say to yourself th this is hard work yeah. but but you never seem to you just seem to keep fighting and that fighting spirit and that team spirit is one thing that you can look at me now and say god they have that in abundance yeah I think it, like I said it's a mixture of a lot of things um, I think for me anyway the thing that would stand out is like just a culture change like there was just a complete culture change like in 2015 2016 and even up until like halfway through 2017 when our like management that we have now came in like there was just you know like I'm sure everyone's been there those meetings and when you talk about like the standards that a group has and you talk about the core values you want to have but like when no one actually puts them into action like it's so difficult to even sit there and like have any credibility when people are standing up in front of you saying we need to be here half an hour before training or we need to be blah, 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 and then people are still turning up five minutes before training throwing their boots on and going straight onto the pitch like and you you like there was so much talking going on through those times but it was just never like it was never put into practice by enough people so like there could have been four or five of us and there probably was max four or five of us that are still involved now that would be going to train early would be doing the things we said but like if you don't have buy-in from the entire group which is what we do have now is like a complete obsession a complete buy-in from everyone that like you can you can you can call people out you can have like you can have I think yeah like a co core standards within a group whereas like if there's four or five it's very hard to drive those standards home because you're outweighed there's 25 people not doing what you're talking about and there's five people doing it so it just doesn't I don't think it clicks into action and like when Paul and 
came in and all the lads came in, in halfway through 2017. Like, they had no affiliation, basically. Well, Eamon obviously did have us minor, but Paul had no kind of previous experience with even underage football. So, in Mead. so when he came in, it just kind of, it was a, it was a new, it was just a new experience for everyone. And I remember so vividly, we, we had a meeting in um, Dungani where we trained the kind of, the lads centre of excellence and, uh, he put us. He put a like the the list up of like the thirty two counties in Mead and told us where we were ranked and it was very very near the bottom. Like and it was a fact. Like and he had kind of like proof behind our ranking and everything. And I think for someone to come in like an outsider essentially and kind of just put it put it to us and like actually s say some hard truths like that. I think people weren't didn't weren't delighted to hear. Like we had it. We did have a kind of a drop off of a good few people that year and then. They came in and like they just set they just set new new standards. They just like they just didn't accept it. But because because people bought in, they had the power to not accept it. Whereas in previous managers, like I don't think there was a lot of malice there with other previous managers, but it was just they they didn't have the luxury of being able to say like let's say Corey, you're gone on holidays week before game. They didn't have the luxury to drop you because we didn't have enough players. Yeah, like. yeah, and I I think that's really important. And I suppose I can talk about my time to Mayo. We had management management that had you know really high standards. I know when I when we had success with Mayo back in the um, early two thousands, and that was all down to our manager and the standards he, he drove because we weren't allowed mistrain and we trained so hard. And I think then you know he left when I was probably twenty two, twenty three, and then we had a period of maybe five or six years where we had managers that just let everyone do um, what they want. And that used to used to drive a lot of players mad because we came from you know yeah. nearly being a military type system into now it's very much you know you do what you want, and I think I think people looking on I think that's what what has amazed um, you know th the outsiders about me that where they've came from to where they've got now, but I I, I feel that you have had a huge part in that um, you're only still only 23 I think um, and at that age to be so young to drive a group mm. along with other girls. Um, where does that inner drive come from? Where does that motivation come from? Has to come from somewhere. Yeah, um, like I d just as like a person, just even in like life as well, I'm just like so competitive, like just <laughs> just beyond competitive. Like I even small things, I'm like, oh no, I won't, I, won't, I don't care about it or whatever. And then like five minutes in a board game, whatever it is, like I'm, I can't, can't contain myself. So I think it's that and like, <coughs> like I said, like just kind of setting those personal standards for, but like standards for a team in general and like, just for myself, I just can't half do anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I can tell. <laughs> I can feel where you're coming from. Um, I suppose bring us back to the times. Then it started to get better for me. I suppose you're talking about kind of your your two losses, but you're you're now competing in finals intermediate. Obviously, your goal is to get back up senior. Mm. Speak um, from from that intermediate final of um, the the first two that you lost against uh, Tipperary, uh, and I think Tyrone was the first one you lost. Speak about them losses. Did they help eventually to get over the line? Obviously, in twenty twenty, yeah. in, in the in the in the intermediate final, and obviously ultimately in twenty twenty one in the, in the senior final. Did you f find? Did you learn something from them losses? I know people always say they yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think Mead football would be where it is if we'd won against Tyrone or Tipperary. I don't think we had the caliber of not caliber of players. We just didn't have the. We didn't. We didn't know what senior football, like what was needed from senior football. But I think like 2020, like I think we just were so so ready for that step up. Like was 20, was it 2018 against Tyrone? Like we we're. So, I, I personally, anyway, I can speak for myself. Like I was so naive going into that game. Like just we just didn't. We didn't know how to win a final. We didn't like. We didn't know how to kind of get across the line. I just it's something we talked about. Is that like we weren't consistent enough that year? Like I don't think we had three wins on the trot that year. Which like to win an All Ireland final, then not having three wins on the trot, like I just don't think it's it's deserving of winning an All Ireland final. Like it's it kind of like we wanted to be consistent throughout the entire championship, not just when it came to the latter end of it. Um, and Tyrone, like we're beyond the better team that day. Like and it was it was a tough loss to take, but I think we kind of it was the first time any of us had ever played in Pro Park. In like even the older girls that were involved, I never got that chance. So that was kind of let's call it the day out experience more so. Whereas then in 2019 in Tipperary, like I think we absolutely did have a good chance. Um, they just they just were the better team on the day. Whereas then you're going into the third year and like I think you said, like it would have been easy for a lot of girls to step away, but like it just wasn't. It was just straight into overdrive. It was straight into like, okay, like what's next? Like how do we actually get across the line? It was just like, I remember like the day after the, t the Tipperary game, like myself and Moira shocked and seeing a few of the girls, like we were in a pub and it was just like, it was, it was just sitting there like, overanalyzing everything kind of saying like well you didn't do this you didn't do that I didn't do this I didn't do that and adaptability was something that we definitely talked about from 2019 like 
we obviously, every team has a plan, every team has a structure. And like regardless of what ours was, we weren't adaptable enough. Like we, you can, obviously you have to follow your game plan. You have to stick to what you, like what you've talked about, but there has to be some room for variance. And like, we just couldn't, we couldn't adapt in 2019. Like we didn't just even like, you we obviously you do you watch you do your prep like we knew the style of play Tipperary played and everything like that but then when they threw something marginally different at us we couldn't quickly adapt like you're waiting for a call from management which you just can't do so then 2020 obviously like again if your work done for Westmead then you know the type of team you're playing against but like there was changes throughout that like we were just able to to make ourselves on the on the pitch and just kind of make those big calls ourselves where we just didn't think we had the confidence to do that in previous years so then you're going up to senior and we were division two in 2021 but like we just had that experience behind us of knowing like in 2018 2019 there was pivotal moments in the games where we didn't react we didn't adapt whereas in 2020 we were able to to kind of apply those changes and then uh, carry that on through 2021 uh, and do you think throughout obviously um 18 19 and 20 probably in particular 20 but i think 18 and 19 um, did them learnings um, build belief within the group, even though there was yeah. failings within it and, and losing to to All Ireland? But did you learn uh, learn a lot? But also, did you get a lot of belief from the process? Because it seems from 2015, where things are probably at the lowest ebb they can be, you start to try and build standards and drive standards within the group. Eamon comes in in, in 17 and, and, and changes things, and now he can be more. Players have to be more accountable. Yeah. And then it just seems like, you know, you're having little wins along the way, you get to two intermediate finals. But it seems like belief just has grown and grown. You win it in 20, and then it's, you know, people I, I think forget we were in a COVID year in yeah. 20. So you have a turnaround of what, nine months, and you've yeah. won two All-Irelands, a senior and intermediate in nine months. I think when you look at that, you have to have such belief within the group, and the team has to be so united. Yeah, like I think like it's impossible. It was impossible not to learn a lot from twenty eighteen to twenty nineteen, like individually and then like as a team as well. But I think it was because we were like er, there was I think underlying belief there, like as in like we knew what we had within the team. It was just a case of on those big days and on those kind of occasions actually being able to get across because like we we've been training together like let's say for those three years to win before we won the All Ireland final and it was just like we knew like th that there was kind of like there was underlying things that we just couldn't express on big days and stuff like that so then when you actually kind of when you do it once I think you kind of realize like that's what it feels like that's how, how you do it and I think even after last year a lot of people asked us like you know what was that changing moment or the pivotal moment and people highlight the Armagh game or the court game whereas like I think it was our league semi-final against Calvin it was a very tight game I think we only won up by one one or two points and in previous years and even in 2020 like just little times when games got really close like that, um, we gave away silly kickouts, we gave away silly possessions, and we'd almost always let a goal in, like a, a stupid goal, and kind of get it back to a one or two point game, and then again concede more kickouts. So, again, Ka that game against Calvin was the first time I think at a at a higher standard, a higher level, let's say Division Two, that we were able to to actually keep our cool and close out a game. And the first thing that we kind of said to each other after the game was like two years ago we would have lost that game we would have just bottled it we would have just we would have just done silly things and like let those mistakes like one mistake lead to four or five mistakes whereas we were able to yeah we did we, I think we gave away I think we did give away a goal in the last kind of 10-15 minutes but straight after that we were able to react and like do something different do something we didn't always do so I think that was the kind of moment of realizing like that we are capable of like getting across the line like even in those tight scenarios yeah, I suppose I, I, I looked back on, on your career, obviously, in, in 2020, I remember I was in Crow Park watching the game, I think I was working at it, um, and the game was tight, tight enough in, the, in that intermediate final, and I remember your sister going off injured, yeah. I think she tore ACL yeah. that day, and it was a knee injury anyways, um, and I know you're very close to your sister, and I'm, I'm going to come back and ask you a couple of questions on her. Emotionally, how did you find that, or that moment, that your sister now, who's you know, a key person in your life, um, you're in the in the heat of the battle in Crow Park, and yeah. you know her her day is done, and, and and probably a serious injury on top of it. Speak to me through that moment, how you kind of dealt with your emotions and and used them um, to motivate yourself going forward in that game. Yeah, so I Sarah obviously Sarah's playing full back, um, and I was up the opposite end of the pitch, and I saw her go down. But initially, I thought it was just kind of a, an ankle roll or something like that. But then when I saw when I saw she wasn't getting back up, I ran up the pitch, um, and as I got closer, I knew she was 
she was gone, like, but Sarah being as stubborn as she is, like, she kept saying to her physio, Hayley, she was like, I'm grand, like, I'll be fine, like, whatever. So Hayley was like, right, right try to stand up or whatever. So she stands up and her crew sheet's like, gone. And Hayley was like, do a hop there. And she tried to like, she was like, I'm fine. So she like, tried to walk away on one foot, like, thinking she was going to play on in the game. And I was like, Sarah, like, you're gone, whatever. But I, like I said, like, we're very close. So I actually couldn't stand beside her for too long because she was, I could see tears streaming down her face. And I was like, if I kind of stay here, like, I'm just going to get a bit too emotional. So I just kind of pat her on the back and I went up to the side of the pitch because I was like, I just can't, like, so obviously she got stretched off and mum and dad weren't there because it was COVID and stuff. So even after the game, we were chatting to mum and dad and they, they were like, mum was like, I was tempted to get in the car and just drive straight into Go Park, like, which obviously she wouldn't have been able to do anything still. But um, I think they kind of went to separate rooms to watch the end of the game after that. But yeah, like straight after that, um, I think I was just ticked. Like I was just, I was just angry for her. Like I was just, I was just kind of saw a bit of red to be honest. Like I just think, so that was the second time she done like obviously didn't know it was crucial at that time but like she was wasn't gonna be able to continue the game so for her and like just knowing how hard she worked to get back from the first one I was just just devastated for her like and she'd worked so hard to get back on the team and like be seeing that kind of so closely it was it was hard but then yeah I think I just kind of saw, saw a bit of red after and I was just take take for her so probably probably gave me a bit more motivation for that game yeah <laughs> so if I was asked the, the question um, are you the type of person like are you motivated I know I am people often ask me and I suppose I go back to one instance when I broke my leg um, a couple of years ago in Australia um, and people are saying like what motivates you know you can retire now I was 37 at the time and I'm, I'm I've, I've learned that I'm motivated by that by things people say and, and people think of me um, and I don't know if that was the be best way of being motivated but I remember a couple of days after that operation I had to go in and see our club doctor over in Australia and you know I met one of the guys from from the um, the club there he was head of uh, football for the men's team you know a, pr a pretty big name over there and he I remember being there four days after having my operation a lot of pain waiting to see the doctor and I always remember him telling me oh there's you know there's no chance you're going to come yeah. back I think you know you should retire hang up your boots that type of thing um, and I always remember going home in the car driving back to, to my apartment in a lot of pain but I remember going home and, and writing a couple of little comments that he had said and uh, every day I went into the gym or into the club afterwards he was always there he now became my motivation to yeah. get back is, is that the do you feel that that's the way that you're motivated by certain not just things people have said but you know that you're very you know intrinsically motivated that this is the way you're going to go that's the way I I'm motivated I get a feeling that you're yeah. have that kind of stubbornness yeah and I yeah absolutely like I think stubbornness is definitely something that um probably my strength and weakness I suppose like I'm beyond stubborn but yeah like that I think I think like if someone like you said like it's, it's not even a case of someone saying like you can't do it for me it's a case of like someone kind of like you said like is in a co even if it's to someone else like a throwaway comment and like I th think we're just going to take a person and I think like as a group in me like 2021 like I think we took that person it was just like comments that were said and everything like that but like that again like I think don't think people meant them with intent or malice and everything, but like it's so easy to just like fixate on a comment and just kind of be like that like you're not going to do it like to be able to like like you said like every single day um be able to be able to do it and even in in, in a game like as in like the the tighter I'm being marked or like the better a player is that's marking me like it's in it's I just use it so bad like like just if there's a little moment and like you know those tiny battles and like again like on the pitch like I I, I don't think I kind of I don't think I probably speak a lot to a player like you know like you have those battles and stuff I'm much more I think let the, let the ball and like the scores and stuff like that do the talking whereas like when people like that on the pitch if, if something said or side on and stuff like that like it's I, do, I think it's like in my head I'm like I'm winning like as in I'm like that's going to give me like extra motivation to to want to get another point or want to get like a, do it make a turnover or do something like that yeah I think honing in those comments like I think it's it, it's something that I definitely do do yeah yeah and uh, we're going to come back to the obviously the the big thing the All-Ireland win and, and that performance against Dublin and you know we're going to come back to that nine months but while we're on this I suppose um, you know, I while having researching um, for the podcast and you know we, I read an article in, um, about you um, you know I think it was back to you, you spoke after the 2020 All-Ireland um, Intermediate Final when, when you got player of the match that you know the abuse that you've got from the sidelines over a period I think was from 2017 to two, 2019 and you spoke about you know the abuse that you got about your your weight and and how you might have looked on the pitch and that your you know um, your mom got comments that oh your daughter's too fat to play and you spoke about an incident mm. in the O'Connor Cup final um, you know that type of stuff 
when I hear that, that really gets to me. Um, now, I haven't had that you know, stuff thrown at me. I have plenty of other abuse and, and, and other words that were thrown at me. And the thing that, that it never really upsets me, but it upsets me um, when my dad is in the crowd and hears that, and I'm at the stage where I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and they're he hearing a lot of bad stuff, mm. even now, even at a club football level, but, but certainly when I was playing with Mayo and playing with Karen O'Connor in her height, um, the abuse that would be shouted at you, but I know I have a niece and nieces and nephew in the stand. At, at that time, they were ranging probably from you know 10 years of age down to three or four. They're yeah. listening to that, and they're talking to asking my sisters or my brothers go why are they talking about anti-core like that yeah. and my father is the the most placid man that would never argue with anyone and he'd just have to walk away from it yeah. like tell us about that time uh, and does it affect you or are you does it obviously affects your parents but like how does it affect you um personally when when you hear that and you probably don't hear a lot of it because you're on the pitch but when you hear it from your parents certainly afterwards yeah i think I don't know, like even in that interview, like I don't know if it was like a proper pre-planned thing that I was bringing this up to kind of like make a point of it. I think I just kind of, it like it came into conversation and obviously those things like, you know, like even that interview like was obviously longer than the snippet you see. So I kind of think it just kind of fell into, into conversation and everything like that. And even now it's kind of something that I'm like, I don't know whether I have like the right words to actually like fully explain it, but it's like, as a person, like I, I would say I am a quite, quite a confident person, like, and it's, it's kind of like, even at that time, like, it would have been more club football anyway, that like, I would have, like, like I said, like you, you actually, not that it's not said in county football, but like, you, I hear, I would have heard it more in club football. Um, and then even still, like I said, like just being so competitive as a person, like as in, you kind of use it to drive you on, but like, then it kind of boiled down, it got to the stage where, like, not that I didn't care about what other people were saying, because to an extent you obviously do, but it was more so that like, I actually just got to stage where like I wasn't happy with how I was performing like and like again coming back to like intrinsic motivation all kind of stuff like I just wasn't able to perform how I wanted to perform so that's that's what got to me more not like like obviously yeah, the com like the comments and stuff and even when I kind of look back at it in 2020 and stuff like it I actually think like I, I don't think it was like when I was playing I actually don't think it kind of got to me that much like you said it was it was more the times of like when my teammates and my family and stuff like that were kind of saying after like the scenarios and stuff like that that it was like affecting them that then I kind of like reflect on it more whereas like even th there was one game like and I, I did mention that interview like I got a phone call from one of the managers the day after like ringing me to say like oh look I'm really sorry like what I what I said and stuff like that and I just kind of said I was like oh like but are you like and I, I was like but why did you say it in the first place and he was like well you were marking my niece and I was like, I just, I just said to him, like at this stage, I was just kind of so sick of it, like, and I was just like, I was like, would you, would you be comfortable with someone saying that to her? And he's like, no, I'd be disgusted. I was like, well, like, what's the difference, like, whatever. And like, I guess that during games, people say things, and I'm not for a second claiming it. I'm the first person to ever be have been given abuse, but I think when it started filtering into, yeah, my family and stuff like that, then I kind of that was like, right, it is a bit of a moment like that, but. Yeah, I think it was just more, I was so unhappy that like I wasn't able to, to do what I wanted to do because my fitness levels weren't there. Like that was kind of it. Like I wasn't able to, to impact the game as much as I wanted to because my fitness levels weren't, just weren't there. But yeah, the O'Connor Cup one was definitely a big one that stood out for me of like, we won the, we won the final and regardless of winning the final, like I just had a howler. Like I was, it's one of those games where like I, it hurts to watch back of just being like, God, so, so bad. Like I think, I think half the game I ended, I was up my arse. Like I was just falling over the entire time. And then I just, I got taken off. I remember the last 15 minutes and I was, wasn't used to winning the final and looking on, if you say, like not, not being able, like not contributing. And then after the final whistle went or whatever, I went to find mum and dad and they weren't there. And I was kind of like, geez, that's bizarre. Like, because they would have yeah. been at all of our games. And then after I rang dad and I don't know if he answered straight away or he just sent me a text and he kind of was like, look, he was like, some words were said and I kind of got in a bit of a, he got in a bit of a, heated argument let's say with with someone in the crowd of yeah like that saying like she's too fat to be playing football and all that kind of stuff and all, like that was a moment when I kind of like was like reflecting I was like Jesus that's like I wasn't able to celebrate a win with my dad after because he'd gotten so like riled up by it so like yeah those moments were a bit strange but like I think 2020 I was kind of just like I was able to say it because I was a bit happy with how I was performing. But do you do you think that was a turning point for you in your career to because Vicky Wall 2020 20, 20, 21 you know in my opinion is the best ladies footballer out there 
So in some way, has that motivated you, even though it shouldn't, because no one should have to take abuse to, to be a better yeah. footballer and to get better? Yeah, no, it has. Um, like, all throughout lockdown, let's say I would I live on just beside the Phoenix Park, so I would have always gone up just beside the Pope's Cross to do my running sessions. And I remember, like, some of the stuff we were doing, like, sort of, like, last sets and stuff like that, like, I factually, like, was saying some of those comments in my head, like, trying to get, like, meet my, like, targets and meet my things. And, like, I'm not embarrassed to say that because, like, I think it's pushed me on and it's made me, like, made me realise that, like, I never want to to be, not even be be that way, but as in, like, I don't want to feel that way about myself again, essentially, like, as in, I want to know that, like, when every time I'm going to play a game, like, I've worked as hard as I possibly can and, like, doing those running sessions, you know, those things, like, I just, I don't think, I don't think without that, um, I don't think I would have had as much motivation, yeah. And just going back to, I think it's really important to go back to the abuse, um, and no matter what it is, if, if it's to do with, you know, being, whatever you're called, if it's fat shame and whatever it might be, you know, as I said, I've, and still take a huge amount of abuse. At the stage, I think I've come to an age where you take it as a compliment now mm. because people are trying to get under your skin. But uh, like, what, what gets to me for me now is that my dad probably doesn't go to as much matches or wouldn't have over the past number of years because, because he just doesn't want to listen to it or just doesn't want to hear it. And I think it's really important if you've young girls, and, and I think what people don't get, ladies football at a club level, there's not many, you can hear every comment yeah. in the stand. At a league game, there's not going to be many at it, even if it's you know, a county semi-final. Like, I think it's for people, like what, what are we giving to the younger girls out there? Like, you know, they're watching on, a lot of the time our underage girls are there watching on yeah. the senior team. I think like, if you were to say to people, you know, that are there and, and you're not going to stop at all but that are there watching games and, and watching um, and come out with these comments like what w what would you say that to them to maybe stop them doing it or what would you say to young girls you know growing up to maybe not to listen to because you're not going to control it at all yeah I don't I don't know I, I don't think I have a, a perfect answer for it because like that like I think like you said like, in, like it almost has given me more motivation but I think there's just a general shift in female sports in general I think when I was younger, like I always would have been bigger and stronger, like even from an underage level. And I almost kind of felt like within ladies football, like it's this non-contact, let's say non-contact sport as such at the moment, that I would have been embarrassed of my strength. Like it was something that I kind of just wasn't proud of. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, like let's say there was a, a men's game and stuff, people like, oh, Jesus, he was so strong, it was great and all that kind of stuff. Whereas like, it was almost, it wasn't talked about positively of like a female being strong or being able to like use your body to as an advantage like use your strength as an advantage within sport so i think that is like it's definitely shifting and changing and like the vocab we use to describe women in sport and we use to describe female athletes in general like is shifting and like you are being praised for strength size stature like your ability like like we do the exact same amount of gym sessions a week like i'm trying to increase my scores like why why would i be like embarrassed of then using that as an advantage. Like if someone's naturally good at endurance, if someone's naturally faster, like, or something like that, like what, like you don't, you don't kind of not use it to your advantage. So like as, as a thing, like why would I not want to use my strength if it is one of my strengths, like to, as an advantage. Like, so like, I think how we talk about how we, like even myself, like how we like compliment female athletes and how we like the compliments that we give them of like not being like, like something so stupid as like, oh, like she's really good looking. Like, why is that always the comment? Rather than like, she's so fit, she's so strong, she's she's. Geez, you see, like the tackle she was able to make, like the run she was able to make. The, the narrative that we use to describe female athletes is something that I think will help the younger. Yeah, the younger I think generation. that's a great point, and you know, I think until you actually reflect on that, um, when I was in the intercounty scene, you are being punished for being powerful or being yeah. stronger. And I think that's changed. I do think yeah, the I game has I changed over the last few years and I think yeah. it continually ne needs to change. But I think that's really important. That's a really important point to make, mm -hmm. that, that, that we use different vocabulary now for female athletes yeah. because in, in whatever sport, you know, if you, if you look at the likes of Kelly Harrington, Katie yeah. Taylor, they're strong, powerful, you know, women, and that's what that's what that's exactly what the training that they're doing for that. So I think that's really important. Um, just a question, I suppose, in the ladies' game, and it's it's always going to be a question. This non-contact mm. question, um, you know, ladies' football is non-contact. Yeah. When are we, when are we going to, or when is the association going to change it to being just like the men's game? Because since I've mm. been playing the, the sport, it, it hasn't been non-contact, and I've been playing it for years. Um, do you think that that whole um, image or look of it has to change 
Yeah, and I think, you know, you're kind of conscious of not saying, like, saying something kind of, and saying, oh, like this and that, and referees and stuff like that. But I think it kind of boils down to the fact of, like, we have an SNC coach who, as in, like, the strength and condition that we do is just as important as the runs that we're doing at the end of training. Like, so it's kind of like, why are we putting so much time and effort into increasing, like, our strength when you kind of can't use it to its full ability? Like, as in, you know, non like off the ball or even during contact and everything like that like the stronger you are like the better like you can keep the ball in your hands for longer and you yeah. can defend yourself better like so it's like what why are we like we, we're putting as much effort in but we're not able to actually put it into practice as much i think i think like changing with the times again like i think the kind of there does, does have to be a change of like the, the kind of labeling around this non-contact and everything like that because if it's non-contact like you can't put your hands on someone else like you can only tackle them when the ball's out like i just think the 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 effort that like female gal players are putting in to to that side of the game like I think it's kind of almost an injustice yeah. of like not being able to utilize it fully yeah I and I think as, as an ex player now I think you know f for the likes of us ex players we have the probably the capacity to speak out I I think it's very difficult for players that are in the game to speak out because obviously you're going to be playing the game yeah. for a lot longer you're going to be having the same referees and yeah. that come up. But I think for the game as a spectacle, I think that non-contact has to come out of it. I think it should be exactly just like the men's game. That doesn't mean that we have to go to the systems that they play. I still think we can be played at a really you know, fast pace mm. and, and speed. And I think it's a, it's a great game to watch. I think the All-Ireland Finals over the last number of years, the physicality has really shown. I think the dubs have brought yeah. that on to a new level against Cork um, before yourselves came along. And I think you've actually brought it on to a new level. So. You've obviously seen what Dublin have done, and, and going back to that All Ireland final um, of, of 2021, that nine months. So he, he won the intermediate in, I think it was December. Yeah. Um, obviously celebrated over Christmas, um, but it's COVID, so the celebrations aren't, aren't, aren't probably as heightened. And then you've probably, what, seven or eight months to, to, to win another um, All-Ireland. Yeah. What did you do in that period that now you're going from intermediate, yeah. which there is a step up, yeah, absolutely. up to senior, and probably beaten arguably the second best ladies football team uh, of the last uh, 20 years, Cork being the, the number one and, and then Dublin. What, what did you do? Cork were going for five in a row. What did you do in that kind of nine months or even less to yeah. get you to, to the, the top of the tree? Yeah, so I think, like, so Dece yeah, it was December 2020, I think it was the All-Ireland was the 20th, but sure the whole country went into lockdown in 26, like, as in it, we just didn't have, like, there was no, there wasn't a, like, an acknowledgement of what we achieved. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't acknowledge it, I don't think. Um, so then you're straight yeah, into lockdown, like you didn't even, we didn't even see the girls, like I don't think we trained collectively until April. So like we just had individual programmes and it was just a switch of like, we'd finally gotten across the line of getting to senior. So it was just like, I think it was just a case of like, we had such a chip on our shoulders of like, in, like an inherent need of like proving ourselves at senior level and like proving that like by being, being winning the intermediates that we weren't going to be that team that came straight back down like i think we just had such like such a point to prove to ourselves that like we were good enough so like i don't know what it was it was just straight momentum i think from the 2020 all Ireland final like like we tr we had training sessions and gym sessions and everything like that and for most of most of lockdown like this the sitting room where i'm living was just like a gym like we just had all the stuff on the floor and everything like that and we, what was it, yeah, sort of two gym sessions and three pitch sessions a week and like I, j I don't think I ever missed one, like it was just like, a, like every time, like I just would wake up and I'd just be like, like we need to like prove it to ourselves, so I think it was just that like constant motivation of like wanting to, to show people that like it wasn't just like, not wasn't just intermediate, but it was like, because we were trying to get across it for so long that like it was like we got across that line and it was like in the past straight away, like we were able to just park it and want to, want to, want to achieve more um, for the group wanting to yeah just just show everyone what like me ladies was about and that like f like i said i mentioned earlier like knowing what was in within the group but actually like getting to getting to show it so yeah i think it was just like the first thing was division two and wanting like we were playing against senior teams so it was like the first game we played was Kerry in park Dalton and we lost them by two or three points and i think after that game we kind of like looked around and we were like they're senior the last however many years like i don't think Kerry have ever not been senior like do you know that kind of way so it was that like just kind of standing around and looking at each other being like they're senior two points off them like let's just go for it like and then from there it was just a case of we every single game we played like had something to prove like 
I think in sport you don't often get second chances, but I think last year we actually did get a lot of second chances. Like we played Cork in our round game, lost them by two points, but we got a crack at them again in the semi yeah, the semi-final and even the Tipperary game for us was huge. Like we competitively we had never beaten Tipperary, like they beat us in all in semi-final, they beat us in the final. Like we just had so much to prove, like there was just no lack of motivation. Like Yeah, so you lot kinda lot a lot of firsts. Yeah. Whether obviously it was beating Cork in the semi final, beating Dublin final, as you said, beating yeah. the likes of Tipperary um first time competitively. So you lot of firsts. Speak to me, uh, you know, I was at that um, All-Ireland semi-final as, as well and, and, you know, went to extra time, you bet Cork. That had to be a big monkey off mm. your back. Yeah. Speak to me about that, that, that performance and that win um, and that crazy last two or three minutes and also then the, the week or so or the few weeks leading into the All-Ireland. Mm. And as I said, was it then, uh, I, I know there's probably periods through the year that you believe, but was it then that you really believed, okay, this could be our year, we could win a senior All-Ireland? Yeah, um, I think the Cork game as a whole, like everyone obviously remembers that last like seven minutes, but I just don't think, like Cork are an unbelievable team, and like you said, like they've been the the kingpins of ladies football for the last fifteen years, like, and for us, like we have a huge amount of respect for them, and I just don't think we we could express ourselves as we wanted to in in that like normal time of that, like we were doing things we weren't normally do. We were playing reserved football, like that's just not the the brand of football we want to play, like we. We would do a huge amount of work with our psychologist Kelly Fay of <coughs> playing with no fear, and like I think we played with fear that day. Like, and I don't think I don't think we liked that. I don't think we liked showing people that we played with fear. Like, as in just doing things that were out of character for for our team. Um, so then, come like the last five or ten minutes, it was just like you talk about throwing caution to the wind, but like, and people kind of say, like, "What were you thinking?" Like, we weren't thinking. It was just auto drive of like you practice those moments in training of right, you're two points down, five minutes to go. Like, what do you do? Like, you just has to be a high press like and it worked out for us on the day like I don't think that's gonna happen all the time but I think you just like it was just like yeah like just auto drive of like doing doing what we'd practice a hundred times in training like we'd been in those scenarios in training like we were actually able to to put it into practice on a pitch like um but I think that comes down to management of what management as well of like just crossing every like just covering everything like we just had put so much focus on like we knew it was going to be a tight game regardless of the score like it wasn't going to be a case of them winning by 20 points or us winning by 20 points we knew that was never going to be the scenario but like to be seven points down with like probably the guts of five minutes left like I don't think that was a place we thought we'd be so at that stage it was just like just go for it like and in previous years we didn't have I don't think the depth of a panel whereas on that day Neve Glody came on as such an impact sub came on and the first thing she did was pop the point over the bar and I was almost given out to her because I was like, why are we not going for a goal here? Whereas in hindsight, if she hadn't done that and we won for a goal, we probably wouldn't have won the game. Like so I just think it was a moment of of like things actually could kind of fall into place in that game. But we'd go back to like talking about belief and everything like that. I think someone like a, a comment that was made of like oh like at the start of the year was oh like you're doing well to stay up. And like for us, that was I was just like that's just not like it's not 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 a case that's gonna, not a scenario that's going to happen. Like we absolutely are staying up, and we are going to push for more than that. So then I think kind of our ma getting over them, and like I think I don't think there was one moment where I kind of was like I started to believe. I think it was just kind of like loads of small moments that added up. That then you're like, yeah, we absolutely can do it. And sounds kind of silly to say, and maybe easier to say because we did win it. But like I genuinely like going into that final, like I was. I was so confident, like so sure of ourselves. Like, yeah, uh, I, what I obviously from watching the semi-final and the final, and, and it's it's mad that you say it. And I'd be one of the people, probably in ninety-nine percent of the population, that w would have said that uh, you know Dublin yeah. were were going to win it. Um, but that's on the back of that All Ireland semi-final. I remember watching it, and I did think that you were um, playing with a lot of fear. Yeah. Um, you played very defensive. You were just yeah, you d didn't look like that you you were really going to go all out to win it, bar that last yeah. kind of five minutes, and an extra time was like the shackles were off. Yeah. When I went to watch the All-Ireland final, the whole game you just played with pure abandonment, yeah. shackles were off, like you were like a complete different team for the first, f than you were in the 50 uh, 55 minutes against Cork or 57 minutes against Cork. So I do think the, the All-Ireland final was completely different to the semi-final. I think people were looking at the semi-final of, oh, they were probably, you know, we're lucky to get over against Cork, but the, the performance that yeah. you produced on the biggest day of the year, and again, um, from 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 reading a couple of things, um, I, I I read something that um, that you can tell me the text that you, you, you sent to um, Emma Duggan before the game. I think it was something like, 
It was just, yeah, we were just in the, like, on the way up and we were on the, the entry, I think, and we were just, she's Dougie sitting right in front of me on the bus and I don't know what it was, like, she's literally sitting two, sec two centimetres away from me, but I just texted her, I was like, we're going to win today, like, and she was just, she did reply and she's like, no, I know. And it was just like, I, I, I don't know, it sounds so kind of maybe like silly to say after, but like, and again, it's easier to say like, because we actually did do it, but like, I was just, I just think like, it was, I don't know, like, it was just, it was just that feeling you have going into it. And like, I'm, I'm a terrible loser. Like, I hate losing. Like, I just, it's just, I'm a sore loser. And I'll say that absolutely. Like, but I think we, we knew that like, not to, not to like, put it down with us in like we lost to all our finals like like life goes on like as in as painful as they are like you lose an all iron final it's terrible it's a horrible feeling for the two weeks after you know every morning you're waking up you're looking back and thinking like should have done this should have done that and everything like that whereas like it, it still does go on and you still you have to play like we'd go back to our clubs two weeks after or like a week after losing those iron finals and you have to switch your mindset completely straight away so going into that Dublin final like obviously you're like you don't want to, nobody wants to lose an all in final, like nobody. But knowing that like the fear of losing kind of wasn't there as such maybe like just like you you lose like but we've we like we've been in Crow Park, we lost two all in finals, we'd won one. So I think it just kind of you're just able to acknowledge that like it's a case of like life unfortunately will go on after. Do you feel it was a little bit of pressure off? Like in that case Dublin for going for five in a row, majority of the pressure is on you came out and you just you know you from the first minute to the to the last minute i, I think your your level of, of conditioning and fitness is you know again has brought ladies football to another standard over the over the last kind of 12 months in particular but there was never a moment that you wavered in the match that you think okay you know Dublin are having a big purple patch here you from the first minute right through the last minute if you to go another 20 minutes i yeah. could have never seen you it's never seen you lose it so i think that that determination or drive or playing with no fear or, or no pressure, I think that had something to play within within yeah. the game. Where I think Dublin, in some ways, were under huge pressure. Obviously, fi the five in a row talk being being, being mm. the biggest pressure of all. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. Like I think that whole underdog tag was obviously thrown around, and it's something like we bought into absolutely. Like as in, like said, like nobody had any expectations of us other than ourselves. But then to flip it in contrast, like I would have preferred to be in Dublin's position. Like who, like I think like that's kind of like where you thrive like in sport, like as in when you have to continuously prove that you are good enough and that you are like able to be those champions. Like, like that's, that's the position you want to be in. Like as in, not that like being an underdog and having that kind of stuff isn't enjoyable. And you like, like you said, you get to play with like kind of maybe that whole no fear, no pressure and everything. But like y you want to be in that position. Like you want to be defending five in a row. Like as in who doesn't? Like as in, like, in sport, I think you can flip it both ways of like last year, everyone was like to us, you had so much motivation because of the underdog tag, but then like, then the flip of this year, like as in you've so much motivation because you're trying to, to again prove to ourselves that like, and I, not, not that we're fluke because I don't like I don't believe that for a second. I don't think I don't think people do think that, and I'm um, I think it's just a constant kind of thing of like proving like you always have another point to prove. Like as in if you've let's say you've proven the first one, like there's 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 constantly a place to 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 get motivation from like whether it's flipping it on the head of underdog or being chased or being the champion like I think it's it's I don't think there's ever like a time where you can't find motivation yeah to exactly to you're either as you said you're being chased or you're being the champion and yeah. yeah I think any sports person will find a little bit of motivation anywhere yeah. and yeah I think any team has to find it you have to find a nugget that's going to drive you on whatever it might be mm -hmm. whether you're the Cork ladies that were winning 11 out of 12 All-Irelands they found the motivation yeah. winning becomes a habit and, and and winning I think becomes nearly becomes an addiction yeah um, you know, I can talk from my time and I suppose the best thing for me was in, in club football. We had won 21 county titles up to last year. We mm. lost for the first time. I had first time I lost a senior uh, county title since 99, which was 20 plus years. Mm. You know, it, it becomes a habit and I think that habit then is, um, is built through, its, um, through your underage that's coming through and it's, as you, as you said earlier on, it's a culture. Like, yeah. you know, your club or your county becomes a culture. Girls see what's happening, they just fall into that, into that culture. I suppose going then to, to win in the All-Ireland, then, f you know, as people want to know, and I don't know if you can ever describe whether it's with your club or with your county, that kind of five or 10 minutes after the All-Ireland, like, when that hooter went, like, what's your feelings, what's your emotions? Like, where are you, what are you thinking? I know you're dragged over mm. for interviews and, you know, because you've won player of the match, but like, 
when do you get a time to sit and reflect and go, you know, wow, we've done this, this is just amazing. Because even this crowd and support, this yeah. Mead supporters have been just absolutely amazing. I just, that day was just, I stood, the, I was st up in the press box and the, the hairs were standing on the back of my neck. Like, yeah. what was the emotion or feeling like for, for you personally? Yeah, I think, you know, throughout the game, obviously you're, you're not, I don't think you're doing like a huge amount of thinking other than like your next ball or your next play or everything like that. So I think it was, there was like 40 seconds left. Um, when I kind of like, we had the ball in I think Dublin half and I think we were just kind of keeping possession and we kind of like, you start to acknowledge that like, you're going to win it or whatever. And then when the final whistle went, yeah, like I think it was just like, I was just looking around and I suppose my first kind of thoughts were like, where's Sarah, like where's mom, where's dad? Like, and I think, especially because we hadn't had them in, um, in Crow Park when we'd won in 2020. Um, so yeah, I think obviously I was dragged away for a few interviews and I was kind of staring over at the girls going over to Hill 16 and everything like that. And the, the Mead crowd that was there, but, I think it was just kind of like that a, fee like a feeling like of uh, like it, uh, it wasn't relief because I don't think it was like like you said I don't think there was that pressure there so it wasn't like a sigh of relief of getting the job done it was like it was kind of like a, a justice moment of like again like that we had proved it to ourselves like and I was just yeah I just wanted to get over to to mom and dad and I suppose like for throughout my career like my dad obviously is would, would have been a huge like person that I'd go to for advice or just I like I value his opinion a lot and like after a game he I kind of like obviously I know personally if I've played well or played bad but like I always want to know what he thinks or what he like his view of a match or his opinion of something so like to go over and to be able to to see him and to for him to come down the steps you know and give me a hug and everything like that like they're the kind of like that's the moments that I remember like just straight after the game yeah yeah and uh, yeah I, I think you know for me there, you know, people are, you know, and my All Irelands are long ago with, with Mayo, but even with Carney Cohen, people will say, oh, what was the best moment? And you know, they'll always be the memories, and it'll be the memories of the next few days. It's not that the match becomes like a blur, but yeah. it's, you know, and it'll be a while before you get there. But when you reflect in in ten years' time, it'll be it'll be them really, really small moments that you had with your parents or your sister, yeah. or you had with your teammates, or you'll have yeah. on a Tuesday when when there's not too <laughs> many around. So I think they're the really important moments. Um, and what was the next kind of couple of weeks? What was it like going home to Dunboyne or going home to Meath? Were, were they special moments? I'm sure they were. What, what was the feeling like? Yeah, yeah, no, they were unbelievable. Um, the ter like we kind of ended up doing kind of drop-offs of most of the clubs throughout the week. And Thursday night was the night we went to, to Dunboyne and like just walking in, like it's a place you go so often um, and you're training there all the time in club. And, you know, I would have been living with two of the girls that were actually on the team and, and like Shelley, who I live with as well, like she, I played underage football with her for Dunboyne since under 12 and like experiencing those things together, like, and having family and everything like that there, like it was just, yeah, it, it was unbelievable. Like we were, every, every time we went to someone's club, like we were like, just look at them, they were like hometown buzz. Like they were just like, everyone went up a few notches and everything like that. But even like mom and dad, like they went home from the all Ireland final that, day, not that night after we went to the Knightsbrook and I was getting messages from mom at like two o'clock in the morning. Her being like, me and dad are just watching the game again. Like, and I think she's probably watched it about five hundred times now. Just all our games. Like, they go home yeah. and they'll be in Crow Park or be in be in Des Moines or wherever it is. And like, if there's a video, like they'll sit down and watch it like again and again and again. So like, just for for them, like th seeing us achieve things, um, like that was there. Like you said, like they're kind of the moments. But then you flip that as well. And like, I think for me personally, and then like the individual success and then the team success we had last year, like I think Sarah, like as in it, it was something that I was was like hyperly conscious of because I know as a person I am that if it was to be flipped and it was to be switched, like if she if, if she was in my position, like I would handle it a lot worse than she's handled it. Like I wouldn't, like I think I have so much respect for her in that sense of like how she carries herself the entire time because obviously we're so close to her sisters and everything like that, but like there always is that competitive edge and there always is that like, like you're wanting to achieve things but then like for for her to see me in my position and like and I'm so grateful for everything but like I, I just know for a fact like if it was role reverse like I wouldn't handle it as well as she has. <laughs> That's okay at least yeah. you're being honest. <laughs> no I think it's really important and again I, I know you probably can't have the context that I have because I'm a lot older I've been in them situations but I, I vividly remember and you know it was only probably till I sat down and, and, and wrote my book that I'd know but did that m our glory years through Mayo and, and getting to five All Irelands and winning four, um, th that was for me was all on the ba back of I lost my mother probably the year before, 
and the how it united our family and just brought our family together mm. over the next five years, that uh, role that we, we went on with Mayo and, and winning the four All-Irelands, it was massive. But like, I didn't think that at the time, you know, because I was probably too bi bu busy celebrating and, and playing football. But when I reflected how it helped us cope with the loss of mom yeah. for five years to be on the road and have that success, being in Crow Park and celebrating and having all these different functions, it was it was so important and, and i think by you saying that about your your family and your sister in particular and your, and your parents it is you know it's lovely to hear yeah. and i think that's the biggest thing that people don't see in sport it brings i know they say it brings communities together but it's it's such a good thing for families and mm. you, you, you'll see your parents as, as you get longer on your career they just love it yeah. and, and and when it comes to an end they're kind of lost to what, what happened next but i th i think that's beautiful and and you know for me personally that it's it's great that you can realize that at, at your age. I didn't realize that till till, till I was a lot older, and I, I probably had to process all that as well. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I was just gonna say. I think even like you say that's like within our group, like Avi Nihi and Alvali, he like like they lost their mom and um, when like when they're on the team and everything like that. And I just think like I think as a whole, I think even from COVID and everything like that, I just think realizing the outlet that sport is and football is for for a lot of people. Like I think it's it's huge, but even on Saturday against against Dublin, you know, we had um, there was a young boy from a club in Navan Man, he's Zach, who passed away um, a few weeks ago, and we had his sister and her best friend in the dressing with us on Saturday, and um, like Avian gave her her jersey after the game, and like it kind of it put things into context hugely of like you know I said I'm a sore loser and all that kind of things, but like when you're standing in a lot of laughter and like the two girls came over and it was Anna and Bevan and like she's standing there with her little camera like that she brought in, and like. She, after the game, like Paul kind of saying a few words to us, everything like that, and you look around, and obviously there's a lot of disappointed faces, and you look over and you see the corner of your eye, and I just saw her there with like a Cheshire cat smile on her face, like, and she was just so made up, and like I think you see the effects that, like, I don't think, like I said, like, I don't think we realise the effects that maybe we have had, but like seeing it on Saturday with those two little girls, like I just think, like for me, it was kind of like just completely put it into context and like it made her day and obviously like her family have gone through such a tough time in the last while like for, for us to be able to marginally positively impa like impact her day was just it, it was a nice kind of moment yeah and i think that's the power of female sport is at the moment is you know for me growing up i didn't really have many female role models certainly from a ga point of view yeah. my role model growing up was sonia i'm not a long distance runner never <laughs> will be so you know that that type of thing. Now I, I think they're everywhere. Um, you're obviously a huge role model for for young girls growing up. When you were younger, who were yours, or or did you have any? Yeah. Were they male or yeah? Who were to be there? honest, they probably were. Probably were a lot male. Um, with a lot of them were male. So it's kind of yeah, it is strange now. Like I think it, it's it's unbelievable. Like as in, you look around and like Irish, even Irish, like female sports stars. Like there's just like there's an abundance of them like and like like, like mentioned like Kelly Harrington and like we draw a lot and Rachel Blackmore and within me and everything like just like she's phenomenal like there's just so many people out there now that but then it's because you can see them like just kind of like I I follow the US um USA like women's soccer team like I just think they're like their story and like their kind of like their abilities and stuff like that as well and like the standards they've set have been huge as well and like that's on a playing field and then outside of it as well but yeah, probably like you mentioned, Sonia Sullivan. Like she, like she was just a name that I would have heard on the radio, and you hear a female being successful, so that that's a name that would have stood out to me growing up as well. But yeah, a lot, a lot of them probably were male too. Yeah, that's. I suppose uh, to to kind of finish, uh, what's next for Vicky Wall? I know there's um, talk of um, heading uh, across to Australia, and AFLW is a, is a is a, a possible next step. Um, you know, what's next? I know you're concentrating. Yeah. Obviously, Leinster final defeat. Um, a couple of days ago, but yeah, you have to finish out the Leinster Championship and and are the round are the qualifiers and 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 um, all Ireland series. But what's next? What's is Australia on the cards or wh what's next? Yeah, yeah. Um, like I've I've committed to to me obviously this year, and I'm gonna be here for as long as as long as we're still in the championship. So hopefully that goes as far as we can. But um, yeah, I am gonna head over to Australia after that, and I suppose tr try my try a, try a new sport and try something new, and I suppose set set new stand like new goals and new standards and everything like that and try and try and put push myself to achieve more things yeah and what, what excites you most about the the game and um, obviously you've watched a little bit of it, um you know obviously tg is covering it and it's you know on loads of social media platforms what, what um, excites you about the game personally i think you're going to be a huge success over there you're you're ready made for it but like what 
what are you most looking forward to when, when you go out there? Um, I'm looking forward to being like be, being new at something like being being having to learn like having to have to really like not that you don't like not you're not continuously learning in in Gatman, but I think you know other things you just take for granted and kind of come second nature. But I think it's it's so exciting to be able to like have to like push yourself further. And I think even as a, as a whole and like as a person as well, just be able to is like adaptability, like to try to try my hand at something new, and then to be able to see how I can put into practice in in Ga or in like my general life as well. Just to be able to just yeah, just I suppose new experiences and. To, to challenge myself more. Yeah, and I suppose that's for me when I went out and, and obviously in a different situation to you, I, you know, my intercounty career was coming to an end. Um, but that for me was like, it was the biggest challenge to go out and challenge yourself to go from, you know, being at the top of your game now to right down to the bottom of the ladder and, and, and try to get, get your hand at a, a new sport. You know, I've tried rugby, I've obviously played a bit of soccer, but this to me was a whole new challenge. Yeah. But it also was a whole new challenge from a point of view is that you're going into a team that you know nobody. Um, yeah. You know, like you've been comfortable in Mead Ladies for, for a number of years, yeah, you're exactly, comfortable yeah. in your club. So I think it's that challenge, um, you know, from when you go out there. Um, I suppose, are you, are you very much take it for the short term, see how, how season one will go out in Australia? Um, you know, how do you see your Mead future? Is it yeah. just kind of just wait and see? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I have kind of anything set in stone and like I, don't, I don't obviously don't know how thing, things are going to go. Like, but yeah, like I'm excited to, to try something new and. I absolutely like it's it's not going to be the last year I'm playing for me either that's that's for sure so yeah I, I I don't I don't know I suppose there's probably a good few uncertainties but it's kind of that's kind of the exciting part of it as well yeah so I, I think we'll just finish yeah. on that um, I'm sure if if I head back to Australia I don't know if I'm looking forward <laughs> to meeting you on the on the field hopefully we'll be at opposite ends and you won't be anywhere near me but yeah I just want to wish you the best of luck for um, the rest of the championship with me and certainly um, the best of luck um, in your in your new career in Australia thanks thanks Vicky